Well, hey, I'm Todd, and I want to welcome you to another reading of the Bible. You know, I want you to ask yourself the question, if you were presented with the opportunity where you had to die for your faith, would you do it? Or would you back down? And let me ask a little further question, which is, should you do it? Or must you do it? I know there's some faiths where dying for your faith or being a martyr is actually something that is sought after because it gets you a better um, standing in heaven, a better standing with that religion's God. Now, I don't believe that that's true. I believe that we are all sinners. We're all mistaken. We're all, we all fall so- short of the glory of God, and every single one of us, when we come before God, is going to be the same. So I don't believe that if I die for my faith and you don't, that I'm going to get a better place in position with God. Now, that being said, everything that I own, everything I have is God's. And so if he calls me to to die for him, I want to be willing to do it. And I bring this up because I think Paul is facing this challenge. I think he knows he's going to be persecuted. He knows he might die. And he's sitting there and he's trying to share the gospel with everything he has. He's standing before the Sanhedrin after uh, being shouted at, you know, beaten up by the crowd. They told him they wanted him dead. The Romans are getting ready to whip him. And then they realize they got to figure out what's going on. And so they take him to the Sanhedrin. And as he's sharing, as he starts to share who he is, he gets slapped in the face, essentially by the high priest. And I think right then and there, Paul knows in his heart, these people are not open to hearing the gospel. There's nothing I can say that's going to help them come to know the Lord. Maybe later, but not right now. And Paul decides there's nothing for me to say that is going to help them get into eternity with me. There's nothing I can say to convince them to change their hearts and minds so that they might surrender their lives to Jesus the same way that I did. And so we pick up the story in Acts chapter 23, verse 6. It says this, Paul realized that some of the members of the council were Sadducees and some were Pharisees. Reminder, we talked about Sadducees and Pharisees before. Sadducees, um, this is the two different groups that are the ruling groups of the Jews. The Sadducees would be the liberal wing of the Jews. The Pharisees would be the conservative wing of the Jews. The Sadducees essentially saying, uh, you know, uh, resurrection, angels, spirits, demons, heaven, hell, that's all a little bit hard to take. So we don't really believe in any of that. We're not, we're just going to like pretend that doesn't exist in the Bible. And and they have the Old Testament of the Bible at their disposal. And so they just discount all those things. Now the Pharisees, they believe all those things. They're the conservative wing. They believe that the words of the Torah are true. And they are actually probably the more appropriate group to follow. However, they have their own uh, mistakes, shortcomings. They decide that everybody needs to have more rules than what the Torah said. So they add to it in order to make it more strict, more tradition, more difficult. So neither one of these is right. However, the Pharisees are probably the ones that are the actual closer to the right arguments. And so Paul says this, Brothers, I'm a Pharisee, as were my ancestors, and I am on trial because my hope is in the resurrection of the dead. So he does two things. Paul says he's a Pharisee. So now the Pharisees are like, well, we don't really want to kill a Pharisee. And then he says, and I'm on trial for the resurrection of the dead. Now, the Sadducees are instantly like, he should die. Resurrection doesn't happen. And the Pharisees are like, well, if he's on trial for resurrection, we believe resurrection does happen. So therefore, we probably shouldn't kill him. 
and that's what happens. Verse 7, this divided the council, the Pharisees against the Sadducees. And then Luke gives us a little bit more detail. He says, for the Sadducees say there is no resurrection or angels or spirits, but the Pharisees believe in all of these. So there was a great uproar. Some of the teachers of religious law who are Pharisees jumped up and began to argue forcefully. We see nothing wrong with them, they shouted. Perhaps a spirit or an angel did speak to him. And so the Pharisees argue for their side. And in fact, in some translations, it it raises up and it says, if you fight against God, you're going to fail. Or why are we fighting against God? If he did see an angel, we need to believe him. Which harkens back to Gamaliel when he was talking to the council. And he said, just let the disciples go, man. Let these apostles go. You cannot fight against God. So Paul uses this whole situation to turn the... um, the entire arena, the Sadducees and the Pharisees, the Sanhedrin, to turn them against each other so that they can fight so that he can leave. And I think it shows us that in the scriptures, while we are called to deny our own lives, to carry our cross daily, we're not called to seek out death, to seek out our cross. We're not called to die just because we have faith, if that makes sense. And so I want to—I just want to close this in prayer. God, I pray that we would have the courage to step up and to show the world with extreme action that we have deep faith. I pray that we'd be willing to stand up and fight for our faith whenever we needed to. But God, I also pray that you would protect us in the process. I pray that we would have peace, that we'd have courage, we'd have strength, and that throughout this, that you would ultimately bless us and keep us from harm. I pray that that would not be the path that most of us take. I pray that as uh, martyrs, we would not seek out martyrdom, but God, we'd have the courage to face it if it came before us. God, we love you and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.